Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansoor, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely, wonderful, warm, tall, cozy, handsome co-host, Alexander Voltz. Say hello. I'm so goddamn popular. The Spoon Man came to one of my birthday parties. You're lying to me. Don't you lie to me. I am lying. This is Every Album Ever <laughs> podcast where we listen to every single album in the world one artist at a time it's a new discography more or less per episode and today we will be discussing Soundgarden. i've been putting this episode off you have for 70 episodes <laughs> this is episode 70 so much just too much of me there's too much of my fucking Your- childhood and life in this band and your likeness and my likeness you know what's funny is like i never like uh when i was getting to know you i never like looked at you and went that's a chris cornell looking motherfucker (laughs) and then we went to a friend's gig and some drunk guy called you chris cornell and now i can't unsee it that is out of in my entire life from when i was like 10 years old until now yeah that is the celebrity that i get said i look like the most but by far yeah. more than anyone it is the most flattering first of all he's a gorgeous <laughs> man so thank you he's one of my favorite musicians of all time and he's i think to date the only person celebrity i guess or famous person that when they died it fucking broke me oh yeah it took yeah, me yeah that's that's why this has been yeah it took me literally uh, I think two years to listen to Soundgarden again after he died because he was like, I can't do it. It's just, it was too, whoo, whoo, plugs. Hold on. Plugs. Plugs. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to support us, which I'm sure you do, please subscribe on youtube.com slash every album ever. Apple podcast, Spotify, leave a five-star rating review. Please leave a review. It actually helps. I've heard, uh, tell a friend, you know, share clips, all that good stuff. Um, telling a friend, I think is the best way though word of mouth is is important and i like to see or it's nice to see rather uh that people are listening now it's it's amazing yeah <laughs> like, i like to see those numbers go up the cream rises to the top oh, yeah uh so yeah do that and whatever you can follow me on instagram at pope jesse ventura and alex at mother puncture uh and you can send any emails miscellaneous thoughts suggestions for artists anything you want to every album ever at gmail.com uh this just well not just it, this, uh, we're recording this before our 2020 wrap-up episode uh so i'm gonna plug it there as though it's the first time but uh even though it's not uh shirts now there is some merch it is not exactly podcast merch it is just the shirt that i'm wearing currently as well as the art in the background it's a cover of my one of my albums it's called land of purple by broadball i don't care about the album so much as i do the i love artwork. this artwork yes i love this artwork i'm so proud of this thing i didn't do it. my brother robert did it because he's amazing he guest starred on our captain b part episode episode 10 he's a fun guy he's a nice guy and he's an amazing artist uh so you can find you know we got hoodies and shirts and yada 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 um masks uh actually do i have it on me i didn't show you the, the i'm actually this is a bitchin mask yeah it's, it's pretty clean. badass it's clean i yeah. like it the the it's got a nice sky blue uh, it kind of makes the bird pop more. I think it's really badass. Uh, so we got those. Uh, there, there's a link to the store in the, uh, the description of wherever you're listening or watching, as well as everyalbumever.com. You can go there, whatever. Last plug. At least I think it's a lot. No, two more plugs because we have a million plugs now. Yes. Real quick. Okay. Because you did the social media things. Yeah. I'm just going to shout out a Mr. Robert Bloom. Okay. For who? Who that? Found me on Twitter somehow. Because uh-huh. I don't do Twitter and right. on the show. So he found me on Twitter and uh, he said he never expected to be listening to two live crew 
but here he is here and he had a ton of fun dude so i'm so I, proud of that I, two live crew yeah. episode i'm so proud of that so am i and, uh, <laughs> yeah i just want to give that dude a shout out for listening and hell yeah showing uh, his appreciation as in i guess if we're doing the whole appreciation thing patreon we love all our patrons we're so fucking thankful uh if you want to you know pledge patreon.com slash every album ever we have bonus episodes early access to certain episodes uh if you're if you're a patron you get a promo card promo code for discounts on the merch so that's another perk uh you can also jump the line in terms of requests if you want to suggest an artist uh tier two lets you jump the line uh and basically gets it you know an episode sooner it's not that necessary i don't know who's really dying to hear us talk about specific artists but we do have two patron requests Mm -hmm. uh coming up and by coming up i mean within the next few months because these things take a long time to do uh last plug i swear to god this is the long long plugging section Dude, as her power increases the <laughs> spotify playlist on soundgarden there will be a link in the description of where you're listening or watching as well as every we got playlists associated with every goddamn episode except for sam hain slash sound because glenn danzig is stupid uh but we still love him uh so yeah okay okay massive plugs out of the way yes this band shaped me that's very interesting yes because uh i have never listened to i've listened to one album before this really and i said it wasn't for me and i realized with a band like this that is like huge and if you grew up listening to rock radio I had the conception. I thought I knew this band, but that is just one part. Yeah. One part of them. Yeah. I had fun though. They are uh, a very deep band. They've done a lot of things. A lot of things. They, man, just, I, I can gush so much about Chris Cornell alone. I don't know his, how to pronounce his last name, but. Oh, it, oh Kim Thile? He's like one of my favorite guitar players. Now. He's wonderful. He's he's absolutely wonderful. The man Love that guy doesn't get enough due. No, no, he doesn't. He's also like the he's become the spokesperson for all all things Soundgarden now. Mm-hmm. After Chris Cornell died, Chris Cornell died. Uh, really likable dude. Really nice guy. I remember watching uh, this documentary year when I was a child. When I was like fucking seven years old, called Hype. I think it was like documents the entire grunge scene mm-hmm. uh and he was featured in that a lot i think i remember watching that on like ifc or something yeah it's old yeah <laughs> like the dude forgot from, about that movie yeah, yeah like the dudes from like tad are in there yeah, yeah, yeah they have all like all the gr- like the grunge bands you didn't even ask for like screaming trees that's yeah. how i learned about all these mm-hmm. and then like mud honey mud honey hell yeah. yes that's funny too because like Soundgarden is credited as basically helping invent grunge. Well, they didn't really sound well. They were grunge-ish at first, but like when it, when it came down to like you know early nineties, what they were doing was so not even close to anyone else. It was just so far advanced and so. I f- I feel like what I don't know the origin of the term sludge metal. But I feel like grunge got like a dirty, mm-hmm. like there was a, it was a dirty word. It just got overpopulated and overused. And, and it's also the same 
genre that you, you that's Pearl that Pearl Jam is labeled as and Pearl Jam they're fucking wimps like I mean, it's cool <laughs> if you like them but I hate Pearl Jam and they're, they're so wimpy it's it's just like nine it's just like you know alt rock to me or indie rock yeah whereas Soundgarden is like this brutal beat also really melodic and then Nirvana is also like they're all that differently I don't really feel like grunge is this kind of cookie cutter thing I was gonna say as another reason is like when I was a teenager, I was really, as I'm sure most teenagers are, if you, you know, if you're into music, you probably have some, you're kind of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking like, you're this very strict and militant. Oh and yeah. I yeah. was just like Nirvana, you know, did the grunge thing. I don't need to listen to the other four. Uh, yeah. And then it's funny in my twenties, I got into, Alice in Chains, and yeah. now in my thirties, I'm getting into Soundgarden, yeah. and then so ten years from now, I'm I'm it's I'm gonna listen to Pearl Jam, even though I don't like them right now. But, yeah, but something will happen. That's all I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's not well, all I know. But sometimes you gotta let people know you're still alive. Not bad. Uh, 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 <laughs> we're gonna uh, do a fucking stab for making fun of Pearl Jam. I don't know why they're so big. Honestly. Well, one of one of the guys in Soundgarden is in Pearl Jam, <laughs> and they're misusing him because he's the fucking best. He's Matt Cameron, real good. Matt Cameron. Before we jump into any of the albums, Matt Cameron, Matt Cameron is, I think, the most underrated drummer in all of rock history. He's amazing. You can mm. focus on his drumming alone this and you'll find something new every time you listen to it and not only that this in the pocket could stop on a dime and pick up on a dime like his his ear for for rhythm is so i think so much more advanced than any normal person because the the places i'm saying it now because it'll be kind of hard to use specific examples because he does it so much the places that he decides to do to throw fills in mm-hmm. you think as soon as you hear him start hitting toms that it, it doesn't work that's not going to make any sense and then somehow by it the does. end of the by the end of the of the bar it just lines up perfectly like he's kind of a percussive genius i think um to me he's not like what he plays or his style but he kind of reminds me of the pixies drummer uh Dave, Santiago. no, 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 Joey's the, uh, yeah, the, uh, Joey Santiago is the guitarist. L- uh, love it. Lover, lovering. Lover. Oh, David lovering. Yeah. There we go. He kind of reminds me of him in the essence that they're so, they're so good. Like you may not even like hear anything after a few listens. That's eye catching, but like they know it's very deliberate. And yeah, not to say that it's not impressive because it is, but it's more like like drummers know, like musicians. Yeah, know. yeah, they fucking know. David Levering is really is good, and he's really good for especially the pixie style. But Matt does stuff with odd time signatures that I've never heard anyone else do. Interesting. It's, it sounds like he's not doing that much, but if you really pay attention to what he's doing, it is extremely complicated. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really brilliant. It's they, like, yeah. After listening to all this, they are the Kings of, um, tool does it to a certain extent, but tool always has like a prog rock aspect to it. But, um, both the, amazing at writing pop songs that are in odd times. I've said this in, in past episodes, I've said it probably a lot in this podcast. Uh, no one, in the history of music that I can think of uh, can 
uh, disguise an odd time signature the way Soundgarden does. There's you never so good at it. I I wrote like I for a lot of songs I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem like it's odd, but I bet it is, and I would mm-hmm. count it out like, yeah, that's fucking nine eight. Like that's that's not normal, but it, it registers in your brain as normal. Yeah, it's crazy. And from like the interviews I've I've read is like it's never like deliberate. It's like it's just it sounds good that way. Exactly, and that is and how that's you, the way it should be. That's the difference between super proggy math rock bands and a band like Soundgarden, whereas mm-hmm. they're trying to write complicated music, whereas these dudes are just really comp- they have really complex musical minds who are just writing music that they like. Yes, it's a huge huge fucking difference Mm -hmm. uh that's why they're special uh but we're gonna be here all day i know (laughs) backstory what can we what can we talk about uh formed in 1984 with chris cornell as singer slash drummer that's right yeah hiro yamamoto on bass and kim on guitar and then uh eventually they're like we just need a drummer so chris can focus on on vocals and that's a, that's one story that my I think my brother told me and I couldn't find a source or couldn't find it online uh, so I don't know if it's true uh, I think he was make he was like I don't know if he was making like a joke or like he was doing like a he no we all know Chris Cornell's wails and his his high pitch you know head voice screams he was doing that as like a joke during mm-hmm. a rehearsal or something like that like making a funny voice and he said hey that sounds pretty cool you should sing like that and it just turned into this like one of the greatest vocal styles like in all of rock uh, i don't know if that story is true or where the hell it came from but i was told that so <laughs> punch my brother if it's wrong uh but yeah yeah uh so it, it always it's another thing that makes me think like i'm sure chris because can be he's a fine drummer but to, to end up with Matt no, Cameron his, and also, then also have Chris as the vocalist. It's like the two. Like, also, like one is clearly his calling. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, nothing much there. That's what was on the Wikipedia's unless you got stuff to fill in. Uh, and then it's. I saw it on the Wikipedia and then I started looking, digging more and like. Basically, the Wikipedia is derived from everything else I could find. Yeah. Uh, so there's not really much more th- than that. But uh, might as well jump into the discography. I mean, this is not a huge discography, but it, we're, it's already very clear there's going to be a long episode. Uh, so altogether, they had... Oh, oh, I'm already losing count. Holy shit. Did I not count these? Damn, I think son. It's six albums and two EPs. Uh, yeah, six albums, two EPs. First EP was released in 1987. Last album, uh, 2012. So uh, we're going to be covering the first two EPs as a one whole package because that's how you're going to find it streaming pretty much also, everywhere. they were released in close proxy. They're like a year apart from each other. So yeah. that'd be the order we're covering them. Exactly. Anyways. Uh, so this is 1987's and 1988's Screaming Life EP and the FOP EP. <laughs> This is a killer song that oh, I'm upset. I love this song. Yeah, that I'm just hearing this past week for the first time. Yeah. 
This song fucking changed my life as a kid. I fucking oh. <laughs> this is like if you're a fan of of like sludge metal, this is yeah, it's real good. And as soon as Chris starts singing, he's already amazing. He's Ooh. already amazing. <laughs> I've no. Oh wait. Let's go play the whole song. Uh, okay. Oh, so good. Yeah. Such a good song. So I like Screaming Life. Screaming more, Life is good. More than Pop. Or Fop. Fop. Fop, Fop is not good. <laughs> the, that EP's, I'm glad it's bundled together. Yeah. Actually, one little uh, fun fact about uh, that song, uh, Hunted Down. I think when they reunited, you know, 2010 time period, uh, I think they, they played on Conan I, or something like that. Some late night show. Okay. And they played that song and it blew my fucking mind. I'm going to look that up. No one's playing Hunted Down. They're not playing Hunted Down. That's the first song on the first EP when they made a million other super famous songs. Yeah. And they went with that one. And Chris, of course, wasn't playing guitar. Mm-hmm. At this point, he was he was just on vocals. Uh, so I was like, that's so cool. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, I, after I listened to this, I was like, I wonder also for like clarity of how some of these songs stand up and how, how they don't like, what are they playing like in their last days? Yeah. Like, what are they pulling from? And yeah, I saw from everything. Yeah. I saw also worst record. Worst. Whoa. Yeah. 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 I know. I came in hot. Came in hot. And, and I guess what? I like this a lot. Yeah. And I love this band and this screaming life holds a very strong place in my heart. And I even kind of like the song FOP. Mm-hmm. But this is objectively, it loses steam like pretty quickly. And it's not just that I think it's bad. It's I still enjoy songs like Little Joe. Mm-hmm. I, dude, <laughs> I think I was obsessed with Little Joe when I was Little Mike. Mm-hmm. I was, it was my favorite song, Garden <laughs> Song. It's a dumb fucking song. It is objectively bad, but I still like it. Yeah. So, man. It's oh, that's weird to me. Like, I I think a lot of people would agree with you in the scheme of things, but like, I just love the screaming life. It's real good so much. So that, let's, uh, and then yeah. later on, some things happen. But um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder what those things are, Alex. Yeah, I guess because we're just talking shit about fought, like sub pop rock city. It feels like they're this channeling like kiss acdc it's like feel good rock and roll a little bit yeah and then fop is a weird cover because it's ohio players so that's why it's like kind of funky sometimes and then yeah it's this like and then there's the remix right after they don't the remix is insane the it's fact not that, that it's bad it's just i think of, it's bad i think the, the remix is utter trash interesting it's, it's long and fucking completely unnecessary and that's it is padding though yeah exactly uh fop like 
I don't even really like. I still like it. I just don't <laughs> think it's good. Sure. So that's that's it's another reason why. Like I think this is objectively bad, even though I still really enjoy it. Especially kids. So let's talk about the good stuff. Streaming yes. life. So, uh, legend has it that uh, Kim created the you know his. I guess creative is a stretch, but you know help help like popularize this guitar sound because he was talking to King Buzzo. And he's like, dude, Black Sabbath. Oh, right. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, this, the Sabbath shadow looms large. It inspired pretty much everything in the world that we like. Also, when you read about this band, and I'm going to be guilty of it too, they get compared to Led Zeppelin a lot. And it, it does nothing like Led Zeppelin. It's I, just Chris I, Cornell doing the... I disagree. I hear it a lot, but it's done in such a way that you don't think, oh, they, they're ripping off Zeppelin. Like, I think yeah. I think entering entering is fucking great. It is a great song. You have to put I, on entering. You just, I can you hear have to. I can hear the Zeppelin influence on it. Though. OK, OK, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, this song for sure. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I have, a, I have never, a million more, not in like a, a derogatory or no, rip off no, way. They but. never sounded like. That's the thing. Where, uh, actually, lower just a tad. Like one, one little blip. Um, this band does what I what I always praise other bands for doing, where you you can tell what their influences are, but they never sound like their influences. Yes, you can yes. Just, like there's a, there's a pretty big difference between sounding like a band and then sounding like they liked a band. Mm-hmm. intro i want to when it when it kicks up i completely forgot how great this song was i haven't heard it in years it's if they didn't go on to do like big things i really think this ep that's so good i get here like yeah great fucking song um yeah i think you know if they didn't blow up like this would be considered kind of like uh your your favorite band's favorite band band. yeah yeah uh but fortunately not only do they not break up they just kept getting better and better and, and evolving not necessarily changing so much well they changed but you know you you still always knew it was them for the most part um you know what i like what do you like tears to forget because i want to live in a world where the vocal style primary vocal style he's mm-hmm. doing on that song is the one he went with because early in his career he's like all over the place not in a like messy way but like holy shit dude you have a lot of like yeah, things lot, to pull from and like the vocals on tears Put it on, yeah yeah, 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 yeah i'm like I want to live in the world where that became your primary vocal style. All right, all right. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he goes nuts here. Yeah. This is a great... I forgot. Yeah, he sounds great. We're just going to play the whole fucking EP. Yeah. Yeah. Takes me, great. Kind of takes me back to our uh, our white zombie days. Yep. 
It's almost like a fucking black metal shriek. The way he's doing the the the, the vocal fry, the really like it's, white noise type thing. It's so funny how he has like like if if someone was like gonna parody Chris Cornell or do a Chris Cornell impression, he has like the the trademark thing he's known for. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting how many weapons he has he's and what he can do. Phenomenal. He's I mean he's legendary for good for reason. a reason yeah uh and i i mean we obviously have to mention nothing to say because that's the best song it's on the, really having just incredible gushed it's, about the previous that's yeah, the best song it really is it's one of those songs where you that this is the first fucking ep they have a long way to go before they're the biggest band in rock but that song already lets go oh, this is yeah this is exactly what they're going to sound like later on fully developed like they already had that fully developed sound uh in that one song, mm-hmm. it just took him a while to to get it consistently. Yeah, I mean, like a full album's worth. Uh, that song is just un, unfucking believable. Unbelievable. There's, there's not enough nice things I can say about it. No, yeah, no. Uh, like I said, Little Joe shouldn't exist. Little <laughs> it's Joe, a dumb fucking song, and I love it. <laughs> Little Joe's almost like rapping. Dude, Chris sounds bit. like an idiot on there. That's what he, he sounds like. He's fucking squealing. That could be a Chili Peppers song. Oh, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you, Alex? Um, but aside from that, I don't really love Hand of God so much. Uh, it's, not, it's not terrible or anything, but it's definitely less interesting than some of the fucking bangers that mm-hmm. you know came before it. Uh, and of course, you know, like you said, Sub Pop Rock City, and then the entire FOP EP I can do without. It's, yeah, it's not. I would say the FOP EP is just for hardcore, yeah, hardcore so, fans, and that's why I had to give it worse because, like, as much as I fucking adore it, and I had this is like super nostalgic for me. This is tied to my childhood, but the shit's gonna get heated. I don't know, but when when I start to like, you know, really listening to it, like, oh, okay, this is this is the point in the EPs where it dips. All right, it kind of doesn't pick up after this. All mm. right, fair enough. Whereas the other ones, there's something I can pull out of it. There's something that that whatever. I just think it's the least. Uh, it's not the least memorable. I think it's super memorable. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the least consistent. It has the least amount of good on it from a Fair straight enough. quantity standpoint. Fair enough. That is my my Uber evidence. Uber logical. That's how anyway. Huge Soundgarden fan. That's the only way. I, yeah, yes, I have to. Um, but time to move on to the first actual album. This is 1988's Ultra Mega OK. Getting goosebumps. Getting goosebumps. This is a rad song. This is a rad song. Super cool. They signed with SST. That's right. Yeah. And even though it was not a, uh, it was kind of a troublesome pairing. Mm. I don't know the details so much. We'll talk about it. That's some tight, tight trouble. Yeah. They already sound so many years older than yeah. the last EP. Killer riff, man. Killer fucking riff. All 
so, when you're like comparing the big four of grunge, it's easy to like point out the similarities of them, but like with Soundgarden, it's like they're doing this shit in like 88. Yeah. Like Nirvana was doing it in like the 90s. Well, like, Nirvana started in the late 80s. Uh, we just came out I, in like 88, I believe. Did it? Yeah. And arguably, this might be a little bit of a controversial opinion. I think Bleach from Nirvana is produced way heavier than this album. And this is considered like metal. Uh, yes, I would agree with you. That is a heavy album. Um, so Cornell viewed this as a setback because he said the producer SST said he's like, they didn't they didn't get it. What do you mean? Like they didn't get what Soundgarden was doing. Yeah, you're right. 18, 89 for Bleach. Um, his name's Drew Contelti or something. Um, he's like they this he he's like it was a setback. The dude wasn't on the same page. Mm-hmm. He didn't get what we were trying to do. He's but like despite all that, I think it's a really awesome album. It's a great album. Yeah. Like yeah, like I. There's a there's so this is interesting like the, these first two albums uh, like this one and the one after they strike me is interesting because there are there are these like these little anomaly songs thrown in that don't make any sense with what we know it sounds yeah. like they don't sound like anything they would do before or or they did before or anything they would do afterward that's why I like them I like so and, much and they're always like actually good songs. For instance, where the fuck is it? Uh, what, do uh, what do you got? I can't read my fucking font. Move for trouble. Move for trouble. Okay, that that's a pretty that, epic song. It's a great fucking song. It's uh, it's their first uh, use of acoustic guitar on an album, on a record, and it'll, t- it'll be like another fucking few albums before they start using acoustic guitar again. Like yeah. a, a handful of albums before. So already, like in that in itself is a little bit strange. The way it's written, it does. It sounds like someone else wrote it. Like it doesn't even sound like mm. this. What they're doing at all. Um, it's really like I don't want to say poppy, but it's really like I, I wouldn't mind putting this putting this on in front of family members. Like this is, <laughs> this is, this is a good ass song. Um, yeah, for, for some reason I could like imagine Muse doing it and just making it like really epic and yeah. bringing all like this production to it, it and putting it in like a movie it. score. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You feel that way. Cause I kind of not a hundred percent, but I kind of feel that way about beyond the wheel. It's, I was almost said beyond the wheel in a, a crazy person song. It sounds like Rob Halford joined Aussie error black Sabbath. It's heavy shit. It is a, it's good. Oh, it's so it's good. good, but it's so fucking weird. It's weird. Uh, I don't know. It feels like I think it's one of the most metal songs, honestly. Like, oh, yeah. It's yeah. when people call this uh, metal, like I really don't get it. It doesn't really I it doesn't really feel that metal. But that song certainly does. Again, going back to like, you know, stoner and grunge stuff is mm-hmm. my jam. Um, that. Like, I think I needed that education in, like, sludge and mm. stoner metal to appreciate Soundgarden, yeah. where before I was just coming at it from, like, a, a generic right, right. Rock, rock perspective. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this, it's just crazy to me, all the little, like, 
all the like little nuggets they have, all these like unique flourishes and songs they have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, it's crazy to me. This band even got popular. <laughs> I have no idea. It, 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 this was nominated for a Grammy, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so. Let Which me, is me. bananas. Cause yeah, it's hard to imagine this was popular at all, let alone getting widespread recognition. Yeah. 1990 earned Grammy nomination for best metal performance. Yeah. Like, okay. Like every once in a while, like, like the fucking mainstream will just blindside me, blindside you with like, Oh, I guess they liked something good. Amazing. Yeah. Not anymore, but yeah not to be like hey man body count nominated for a grammy this year you're right you're right (laughs) also not gonna make my year-end list but uh that is making i've seen it on year-end lists and i'm like what body count yeah it's not gonna be on mine either but fucking god bless them yeah yeah um back to the album i think circle of power is cool that's like their most interesting punk hardcore song Yo, for they sure. have it's the most punk song that's a uh, hero singing on it uh the bassist uh which is why it sounds like someone who's losing their fucking minds and mm. not singing uh it's not bad but it kind of feels super out of place there which is weird because i just said how much i liked mood mood for trouble yeah even though it's out of place that one so this is my problem with this album the pacing is fucking it's not super consistent um it has a lot of bluesiness to it and you know me, and I'm not a big fan of the bluesiness uh, that covers Smokestack Lightning. I will say, I think, I think I hate it. I don't love it, but it checks all the boxes for what you're supposed to do if you cover a song. Oh, I've not heard the original. You've heard the original. Okay, I've heard the original. I'll, <laughs> I'll play it for you after. <laughs> you have heard the original. The um, fact that I didn't recognize it means yes, they, so they did check those boxes. They did check those boxes, but yes, it does not work for me. But for those who enjoy it at least you know they they did do something different took some it. liberties uh creative liberties uh also not a huge fan of nazi driver i wanted that song to be awesome because it's a fucking great song name i just mm-hmm. wanted it to be you know this this punk rock thing yeah it, yeah. yeah uh i do think another thing that they do really well every once in a while uh they make this really, really hideous, ugly, sick, twisted, sludgy, badass, pissed off th- thing. And I get a lot of that from head injury where it's just so goddamn ugly. It is. It's like twisted. Yeah. And, super. Oh, man. Um, I think another weird example of like them, this being weird is he didn't. There's like mm. some math rock stuff going on there. That's the thing. They've they've always kind of dabbled in that yeah. that mathiness, but and it's part of like why I like I love Kim so much mm-hmm. now because I'm like you could this guy can do anything. He's great, but uh, earlier in the earlier albums and records, uh, so they've always been kind of mathy, but as the albums go along go go along, you stop realizing it as much that's the thing like earlier on you could tell like oh this is fucking complicated Mm -hmm. and then with each album it's like i didn't realize it was that complicated until finally it's like oh that's just a regular pop song like oh wait that was in fucking seven yeah wait like so it's this weird like progression that it started with them just being a regular like kind of proggy metal grunge type band Mm -hmm. so it's still really cool but it's just it hasn't 
kind of evolved into this really accessible thing. It's still pretty inaccessible. Uh, I mean, not it's not it's accessible compared to actual prog rock and actual math rock, but also, I'd still say fairly inaccessible compared to regular rock bands. Also, I think when you have a, a name behind you, people are more willing to give it a shot. Like if this was like a Melvin's album or a mm. Tad album, people this. Hmm. It is what it is like, yeah. you know, it's for for the fans. But I think because it says Soundgarden and you mean like retroactively? Yes. OK, yes. like like you could show th- and they'd be more open to it, especially with the, you know, legacy that Cornell has. Maybe uh, I don't deny that. I do think there's going to be a, there would be a lot of people that like this isn't black hole son. What is this? This is fucking noise. Well, no. Yeah. Not like, not like someone who this has like black hole son on their like nineties playlist. Right. Right. Which not they do. those people, yeah, but yeah. you know, people fairly open-minded folks, people listening to this, people who like love uh, their albums, I guess. And yeah. Haven't gone backwards into uh, their early years. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a good album. I still they didn't really haven't really landed on a personality or style yet. They're like still throwing shit at a wall. It might just be because of the the whole uh, I, disconnect between the producer. I kind of think they do have a personality. Like I hate my younger self for for thinking all these like you know the big four grunge is interchangeable because. Like this record to me, it's so obvious how they're different. Yeah, from, completely from the other. Sounds absolutely it, nothing like Alice. Dude, if you listen to Facelift by Alice in Chains, the first album, yeah. it's damn near glam. Oh yeah, it's like that. Is, that is, this, this isn't that. And if you listen to Bleach, uh, uh, yeah, uh, like I don't even know how they all got called grunge. I don't even know what that means. To me, grunge is sludge music, and it's just. Any band that was from Seattle, anything that was more focused on being heavy instead of fast, got that grunge label. Any band that was more didn't care about their looks, or or I should say any rock band. It's so funny how Melvin's kind of got fast tracked past grunge and just immediately into sludge. Yeah, they, they, because they, 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 they just took it to an extreme, though. They like, yeah, like a way slower than everybody else. Way it, slower. Yeah, I feel like the Melvins have always been like off the beaten path. They've always been the opening band. Yeah. Um, always the bridesmaid. Yeah. <laughs> I But like they're the kings, man. They're the fucking best. Yeah, they fucking they're still here and they've opened up for people like Rush and kiss so that's amazing that's great it's amazing yeah yeah uh but good album listen to it uh now we're on to the second album this is 1989's louder than love side note i think one of my favorite album covers of all time i think it's a fucking great cover yeah some fucking loud guitar oh yeah also uh y'all if you, anybody's listening with headphones you should be hearing a guitar in each ear because cornell is now on permanent second guitar yeah also other uh maybe because we just did james 
addiction. Yeah. But this has some, like, uh, uh, similarities to nothing shocking. You know, I, I definitely get that. Yeah, right. not that it's, like, the same, but, like, no, I can see how they were peers. I can see how they were peers. It's heavy, but it doesn't sound, like, down-tuned, high-pitched, screaming vocals. Yeah. Uh, it has that 90s production to it. Yes. This is a... I feel like a... Overlooked 90s gem of yeah. a song. Even though it's in the 80s, I guess. So it is, like, yeah, eight, but in late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Like, you know this is a great song. I don't think it's the best opener, but I still fucking like it a lot. Yeah. Um, that's one thing we didn't we didn't mention uh, very much. Uh, Chris Cornell played guitar on bits of the last album. Okay, there's like here and there was like a handful of tracks that he he played guitar on, um, and I think he played bass on the on Circle of Power because Hero sung on that one. Yeah, um, but here he's full time second guitarist, and that opens up a fucking door. It does. Um, they started working with producer Terry Date, who uh, fans of our show will recognize from Pantera, White Zombie, yeah. and then Deftones and Helmet. So great like Good body of work yeah. by that guy. Um, so I didn't really like I tried to get into Soundgarden before, but I this I couldn't or this didn't give it the time they deserved. But for some reason, I've always loved Hands All Over. It's a great song. I don't even remember what, like where I heard it, where I'm like, that song is fucking dope. Hell yeah, it is. Again, I could hear some Zeppelin in there. Oh, okay. But I feel like all the Zeppelin-ness just comes back to Chris's vocals. No, I could hear it in like the arrangements and some of Kim's um, guitar work. Okay. Even even what we played on Ugly Truth, uh, the the drumming show. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, that's kind of. It's kind of like le- when the levee breaks. It's not the same. I suppose. Yeah. That's the thing. Like you, you can really look for any band you want to within their. Like you, you yeah. can look for. You can look for Black Sabbath in every song and you'll find it. Oh, like, yeah. The thing I, is, that's the, with this band, like, none of that screamed. I'd never heard any of it in, like, oh, this sounds like mm-hmm. this is no, this no. Is so but later on, I will hear, actually, I might have been, is it on this album or, you know what? Talk while I find it. Um, Another kind of funny, or not funny, vocal performance, but. Similar to where Beyond the Wheel, his vocal performance is very over the top and entertain me. Um, gun. Gun. He does Yardley. I got an idea. Yeah, he'll do some like, yeah, yeah. and then follow it up with like King Diamond screams. Yeah. It's it's madness. Great. What I was going to mention, uh, it was on the on FOP, uh, Soul of My Pride. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a straight up Mud Honey song. Really? That is a straight up mud honey song. <laughs> the way it's written, everything about it is just fucking muddy. That's the only time in Tyler's biography that something jumped out. It's like, oh, this sounds like this. Yeah. Oh, wait. To kind of end my my thought. Isn't one of the songs where we're fucking up? Um, what song did you say sounded? Uh, Soul of My Pride. 
That is a Green River song. It's a cover no. song. Yeah. And there it is. And there yeah. it is. I didn't know it was a cover, but somehow I was like, this sounds like Mark Arm would be singing this. And he was. Yeah. Because fucking Green River. Okay. Explains it. Also, that explains it. Also yeah. explains why I don't like the song. Uh, Ooh. I haven't heard Green River in a long time, but I don't remember them being that great. Uh, I could be wrong and please don't stab me. But back to this. Oh, Louder wow. than love. Um, okay. So as a whole, as a whole. I like it. I like it. I like too. it, but I, I I don't know if I don't think I like it as much as Ultra Mega. Okay, I might, I think I like it like a like a hair less. Oh, I didn't really think about. It didn't feel. I, I didn't think about which one I liked more. Well, it's not it's not necessarily that I compared the two yeah. directly. It's more like that one felt like a huge step forward from the EPs. This one feels like just a small step forward. It doesn't really feel like it. Still feels like like that album Ultra Mega. Okay, part two. Mm-hmm. More, more than its own separate thing. Like I even think, the production sounds fairly similar. With like, um, I don't know. I don't know if they have. They've been uh, if they were experimenting with crazy tunings. Just it, it might have just been like drop D stuff. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It's not pr- the guitar is is pretty thin. It doesn't have any kind of bottom or crunch to it mm-hmm. the way actual metal bands have. So it still has that 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 same thing with the last time i was like this doesn't feel like metal i guess it kind of is because the songs are heavy but it isn't it's not produced heavy mm-hmm. the same with this one it's not produced like a metal band that's very funny this album inspired kurt hammett to write enter sandman i mean kirk hammett kirk 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 kirk, kirk. kirk. yeah whatever <laughs> this you this say album? tomato you I, say, <laughs> I say tomato it's not it's a different <laughs> name it's just <laughs> you got yourself a, a pam pan situation that, i think i can <laughs> no no it's pam it's pam kurt we're just gonna be doing a fucking step with this bit now um yeah it's it says he was inspired to write enter sandman because of this album really after listening to this so. yeah kirk Hammett wrote that main riff yeah interesting he's, he's not credited with a whole lot of metallica stuff which is interesting there's there's some juvenile humor on this album oh like, yeah oh like, oh like, yeah yeah like full-on kevin's mom it's a great song though i don't love it but that chorus is the most Soundgarden chorus of all time. Like, I feel that sounds like you hear that chorus and there's no mistaking who wrote it at mm-hmm. all. I th- I'm starting to think maybe maybe I like Rockabilly and Psychobilly because I've said it. I've, I've said it before with like Dead Kennedys and other bands, and like I can I can kind of hear some like Psychobilly stuff. In. Really? Do you hear an awful stand-up bass? Just yeah. Um, Sorry, <laughs> I don't, actually don't even hate Psychobilly that much. Um, More standouts? Uh, no wrong, no right. I love the baseline on that. Put it on. I don't think I wrote that one down. It's a nice little ev- evil baseline, and then Kim just goes into Madman, and uh, I don't know if we're gonna get to it, but get a taste. Something. 
I'm so glad I could find these little, like, little nuggets that maybe, not that they weren't on your radar, yeah. but, like... It jogged something. Yeah. That, you know what that really reminds me of? I think... I, I, I don't think I'm making a bad comparison. I, that really reminds me of Scratch Acid. Interesting. Like, that just the way... That bass line sounds like a uh, David uh, Sims mm-hmm. bass line. Uh, that's, th- that stuck out to me, too. I was like, that doesn't sound... That's kind of doesn't feel like Soundgarden. It feels more noise rock. It feels like yeah. more Texas. It's crazy. It's cool. And then I'm kind of jump. I usually try to go in order. I'm just all over the place on this one. Like the, the funniest Soundgarden song. Say it. Big dumb sex. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I was, I was like, oh, that's that's the segue from two live crew to Soundgarden. Yep. It's big dumb sex, dude. I fucking. I remember when I, uh, I remember that song a lot as a kid. Yeah. But I think it was a few years ago. Um, I was re-listening to these albums, and I forgotten that that song existed, and I was so fucking delighted. I think I was probably. I remember being on the freeway, and that song came. On, I was like. Oh, I immediately started singing along to it. I uh, don't know. Fuck, 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 fuck you. <laughs> Dude. Oh, if, it's so good. If someone showed me that that song as a teenager, I probably would have been like more into, into sound. Maybe. But, yeah. The thing is, it's also, again, it sounds more like, uh, like, like seventies rock. It doesn't sound like grunge. Yeah. Even like, I don't mean just mean lyrically. I mean, mm-hmm. just like the song itself. It's the like a rock, world. hard rock song. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that is in these in these earlier early records it's like a lot of hard rockness a lot of bluesiness to it uh eventually that stuff would just disappear completely um but here again it's like just makes little novel appearances and uh so this one i think is i don't know i think i think it's a better album like more cohesive album mm-hmm. it doesn't have any like really strange novel things like the last one had the punk one and the acoustic song and then the fucking blues song it's more cohesive but i think it has it's less memorable overall Mm. um more consistent but less you know spikes less highlights there's no fucking flower or you know uh beyond the wheel that's fair like like yeah this one has like a couple great i mean like hands all over is amazing and stuff and obviously big dumb sex i guess but still nothing that's like oh fuck yeah or the last one that's true did have that for me that's that's fair yeah i think the the big three on here you know hands all over ugly truth and uh big dumb <laughs> oddly enough big dumb sex big i dumb don't even sex. know how it's that good somehow on a album full of songs big dumb sex came out as king also uh i awake can't, can't i awake not solid gonna, not gonna ignore that one real that one i th- uh put it on real quick because I think that's the one with the beginning that pissed me off. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Not it. Not it. Oh, that was good, right? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. So I hate this intro. This intro Weird. pissed me off because what's the what's the track right before it? Loud Love. Loud Love. Great fucking song, okay? Mm-hmm. It's got killer buildup, dude. It's fucking great epic ass song and then this comes on and i just feel like oh they just killed the pacing of this <laughs> this dumb fucking interlude bullshit and then the song starts and it is metal as shit <laughs> it's fucking so worth it. here this is like 
like almost like paper cuts from Bleach. Yeah. It's like ugly and heavy and fucking furious. You know, it's funny uh, realizing the the Terry Date connection is like, like there's no way like Pantera wasn't like listening to oh, this, especially course, when yeah. they do like the abrasive things like uh, Suicide Note Part Two. Oh yeah. Well, here's the the, the funny thing. Wait. Terry Day, did he do Vulgar Display of Power? Uh, let me... I bet he did. I'll bet you 10 bucks he did. I'm not going to bet you because there's a strong chance yeah. he might have. Click on this man's name. The suspense is killing me. He did Cowboys from Hell. And yes, he did okay. Vulgar Display you know of Power. know why I knew that? You know why I knew that? Because the, the fucking guitar tone is similar. flimsy. Oh, okay. Like, I love that. That's like, my favorite and I think the best Pantera album. But it's heavy despite the guitar yes not because the guitar is really it's it's thin it's like Mm -hmm. it's not a chunky heavy bottom heavy guitar and the same with this album and the same with the album before this uh you know it's a different guy it it's heavy songs that don't feel heavy interesting you're gonna have to listen to uh unless you know it off the top you have to let me know if it's the same guitar tone on uh, Adrenaline by Deftones. Uh, no, no. That's good. That's good. He like, no, he, no, um, I specifically made that connection because this is like early nineties, late eighties. Mm-hmm. So it's like still in that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, at that point, I'm, yeah, no, I'm just saying at least he grew as, a, Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and if the records still sound really good, just, they didn't feel super fucking heavy. Uh, but yeah. So, so yeah, most people won't, won't notice. Huh? Won't notice that. Just uh, just nerds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just well, nerds. Fucking, if anybody's listening to this and not a nerd, I'd be very, very surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah, good album. Step in the right direction, but not a leap, I would say. But now we are on to what I feel like is a very noticeable leap. Even if you love or hate this next album, it's a noticeable leap. Very different. Wait, people hate this album? No, no one hates okay, this album. Good. No one hates this album. Good. This is 1991's Bad Motorfinger. I love this riff you should. so much. It's genius. I wrote down Proto Mastodon. Yeah, absolutely. To the point where I could swear Mastodon has like borrowed this absolutely. riff. That, where that drum fill came in? Yeah. Again, already a sign of what I was talking about with Matt Cameron, where he throws fills where you don't you don't expect them to come in or or transition. Like right there, that little Tom thing, dude. Yeah. The drumming on this album, I'll lose my shit talking about it. This song made me run a fucking stop sign. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, man, this is a good driving song. And then I ran the stop sign. I was like, a little too oh, good. Too good. Too good. Where I couldn't hit the brakes. That's such an interesting, like, choice, vocal choice, because it almost sounds like uh, this, like, 
cookie cutter rock and or like bluesy rock and roll and even though the rest of the song isn't yeah and it just works and also best personal favorite personal favorite uh and i i this was tough this was tough mm-hmm. and this album is has gone i've had many years with this album yes and i've I've practiced vocals along this album more than like anything else. Nice. As well as the song Zoom by the Commodores <laughs> for some reason. Uh, this is so there. It's hard to like condense all of my feelings and thoughts about how fucking brilliant this is mm-hmm. into one statement, which is why I have more than a page of notes on this album alone. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, everything. Every I can dis- dissect damn near every song on here. I bet you could. And I don't love every song. I don't think it's a perfect album. I think it's I don't practically th- perfect. I don't think they have any perfect they albums. Do not. But no. um should say Hero quit the band because he felt like he wasn't being used properly. Really? Yeah. And uh so he was replaced by someone who like only toured for them. I and forgot then, his name, yeah. Uh Jason Everman. Okay. And then he was replaced by Ben Shepard, who is their bass player from he here. He is the guy. And I'd say he's a good fit because the song, what he contributes is pretty fucking solid, dude. It is. Um, yeah. I'm like, how, how, how do you follow up Rusty Cage? How do you, how do you do that? I'll tell you how you do that. Fucking outshined. God damn. Right. And it's just this snowball until a point. Um, so outshine, uh, it's one of their biggest songs. They have many big songs, mm-hmm. but it's one of the biggest songs. It's completely digestible metal, digestible yes. metal. And you would never guess that it's in fucking seven, four. Of course. Yeah, of th- course it's in seven, four and it doesn't feel odd. No, not even, even weird songs. of theirs don't like rhythmically. They don't feel weird. They don't feel strange. They don't feel like you're, you're working to listen to them. So, uh, that's one example. So this this album is the beginning of them doing that. Of them like, all right, we have all this crazy shit, complicated stuff, and you're not going to notice because it's mm-hmm. so damn catchy. Uh, and Chris's vocals are so fucking strong. And like, uh, okay, so that that song is seven four. And then I'm gonna you're gonna have to stop me because I will talk for the rest of the entire hour about slaves and bulldozers, dude. I know grunge and sludge and stoner metal. Or it's all the same, but this one it, for like the nerds of metal, um, it leans more stoner metal to me. Yeah. And the reason is uh, Shepard's baseline, which is like very geezer esque. It is very slighty. Yeah, very slighty. Uh, that song, it is one of the most brutal rock songs ever written. It is so. It kicks your ass. It, it is does. painful. It is, and all the, the the fucking the guitar work on that song, it's so squealy, mm-hmm. and there's just crazy, really smart use of feedback throughout the whole song. Even little studio effects with the vocals that that come that dip in and out. It's just, it's fucking masterful. Also, this is still uh, Terry Date working with them, um, and continuing like just the fucking snowball building. Like I was like fucking slaves and bulldozers like it's gonna hit me with a weak song there you can't keep this up oh jesus christ pose is even more brutal <laughs> as uh my friend john guerra says heavy biscuits heavy biscuits heavy biscuits that song so reason why i think it's this is their i think this is their best paced album out of mm-hmm. all of them the best paced because so 
Rusty Cage is a fun, fast, get your blood going opener, outshine, heavy as shit, still really hooky, still mm-hmm. really melodic. Slaves and Bulldozers, Bulldozers brutal. whoops your fucking ass with its brutality. Jesus Christ pose is still brutal, Doubles. but now it's fast. Yes. It's fast and brutal now. It's like it, everything just keeps kind of blindsiding you with a different type of thing. Also, also that was a very controversial song because people were still like... I guess people are always going to be uppity about religion, but more so than than now. Yeah. yeah, But, um, yeah. MTV batting your music video is kind of like one of the best things that could happen to you. Mm. Ironically enough, like you didn't get airplay, but people wanted to know what this taboo thing was. So, so yeah. What else got banned from MTV? Uh, The first thing that comes to mind is, uh, Travolta from Mr. Bungle. Um, or I'm sorry, quote unquote, whatever the hell it's called. Didn't we? I think we said like there was a Beefheart video that Beefheart. Yeah, I think it was asking for Crow. Yeah, there's more famous ones. Which, there's nothing even happens in that video. Yeah, He's just a weird old guy, and I didn't like that. Yeah, the most notorious one is uh, "Smack My Bitch Up" by Prodigy uh, or the Prodigy. Um, that's like the most. I remember like when you couldn't just view videos all willy nilly, and it was like, uh, like, oh, you're gonna. That's a. That's a few days downloading it on like LimeWire oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like at, like MTV being like, you know, we're going to play Smack My Bitch Up at like 1 a.m. Or, yeah. or 2 a.m. or whatever and like staying up to fucking see what it was. We all are relics. Yes. Uh, so, okay. So we're t- I'm talking about the pacing of this thing, right? Yes. So Jesus Christ poses this fucking brutal, fast, crazy thing. And then face pollution. It's a brilliant move. It is mm-hmm. a brilliant move to put a essentially like a punk song and it's not at all brutal. It's just fast and hooky and really like kind of, uh, that's, that's where they're not bad by any means, but I feel like the middle of the album is kind of the, if I had to pick a, a quote unquote week, I, I kind of agree. Kind of don't. So one thing about face pollution that I, I can't overlook. So it's super short. Yes. Another reason why it's a perfect palate cleanser because it, it gives you this fucking you know this gauntlet of these heavy songs and like mm-hmm. it's a quick, speedy, fast, short, short song, and then it moves on. The thing is, uh, also, I want I need you to explain to me what the fuck is happening at a minute forty two of face pollution. It's fucking upbeat and bouncy and yet still proggy, but once again, it doesn't register as mathy or brainy. Okay, I got it queued up. Let's do it. What is this? And also those drums. Yeah. That's like amazing. Dude, I don't know how I didn't notice that. Um yeah, that's like a fucking Emerson Lake and Palmer yeah. section thrown in. Just thrown in for like, you know, twelve seconds and then it moves on and it ends. It's crazy shit. So one thing I'm glad I asked you to put that on because it, it jogged something that I didn't even write down about Matt's drumming. So I'm talking about how he does all this, you know, rhythmically brilliant stuff, whatever. One thing that he does a lot that I can't believe I forgot or didn't write down is that he'll do a fill, right? For Mm -hmm. example, uh, and that fill will bleed over into the next bar. So he starts a fill, the the bar ends, and then it starts, it repeats, right? It goes back Mm -hmm. to the beginning, but he's still doing the fill. So now when he goes back to the beat, it's off. 
So he'll continue it off until the next end where it lines up again. Uh, it's fucking amazing. Again, a Mastodon thing. Yes. It's a Mastodon. Dude, yeah. I, I love it when drummers do that I, so much. Yeah. Being a, as uh, video watchers can tell by my numerous t shirts or like when we used to film in my room, like this one of my favorite bands, and like I'm just like, listening to like holy shit they they love oh, soundgarden yeah like yeah and man i i can i seriously can't say enough good things about about matt cameron and another thing uh since i already plugged like the shirt that i'm wearing and like the fucking record and you know the art my the album that i did that got well, my- actually you you said a lot of bad things about his second band that got him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Whatever. So, whatever. so you can. You can say enough good things about <laughs> Shut him. Shut up. Because you got lots of bad things. <laughs> <laughs> Only Pearl Jam. I still like him. Uh, my, my old drummer, Paul, yeah. he's, he's an amazing drummer. He's a fucking amazing drummer. And uh, he would do a lot of crazy percussive shit and really odd stuff. And sure enough, he's like, oh, yeah, Matt Cameron's like one of my biggest influences of all time. Nice. Like, That's why I like you. Yeah. That's why I like you. That's why you do good shit. That's why we're friends. Exactly. Um, so to me, it kind of picks up again around Mind, mind Riot. I, I think before that, dude, fucking somewhere, I think, again, again, I think this is paced really fucking well. Again, I don't hate the middle. Or wait, sorry. I wrote my notes out of order. Um, yeah, before that, Room... A thousand years wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's gorgeous. It's fucking heavy and gorgeous. That's the perfect example of them writing odd time signatures. Um, Really interesting. Let me look it up. Uh, Really, really interesting that that was written without input from Chris Cornell. Really? Yeah. Let me see what this is. Uh, six four. I, yeah, I was. That's what it felt like. Um, yeah, six four. Don't tell me I fucking wrote that. I bet I wrote that. Down. No, I didn't. Um, okay, what else? So somewhere before we move on to that, uh, that's like the first truly standard rock song on the on the album. Mm-hmm. So also I like it because for again because of a pacing thing, it gives you the speedy punker, and then now it's a rock song, but. Again, even though it's a quote unquote standard rocker, where where am I? At? Uh, you tell the me. Outro. Uh, no, I don't have a timestamp. Oh, with the with the horns. Do yeah. The outro to somewhere is in fucking nine four. Like even the most standard rock song on here isn't has a section that's like in nine four. But again, you don't. It doesn't mm-hmm. register. It's complicated. Um, I will I will give you that. Uh, Searching with my good eye closed is for sure like, like one of the weaker songs. But even then, I have a bias toward it. I like I yeah. remember it fondly as a kid, so I still like it. It is not that great. I feel like uh, drawing flies, holy water, not amazing, but it's really like good, dirty rock and roll that I can appreciate and like just kind of throw on and bob my head. Drawing flies, I think, is a total sore thumb. Don't like it. <laughs> Holy Water should have ended the fucking album. I love Holy Water. It's a sleazy, beautiful fucking Hold up masterpiece. A minute. I love Holy Water. I was about to lump my praise on for- New Damage. Yes. Oh, how dare you? That's the one of the weakest. I'm so angry that they closed the album with New Damage. I think honestly. it's a great closer. I think it's a a weaker, uh, less interesting Slaves and Bulldozers. 
It okay. has that brutalness okay. to it, but just the writing is weaker. I can see that. I don't respect it, but I see it. <laughs> I see it. I always, I was always really bothered with that. And honestly, I think they're pretty bad at, at closing albums. Yeah, they're not the best. They're they're more openers. Yeah. Than- and the thing is, what bothered me about about them specifically is that it's always like the song right before the last song that I feel like should end the album. I felt that way about some other albums. God so damn. That's interesting. So I, I love Holy Water so much. Uh, so it's bluesy, but in a really dirty way. It's like really, like you were saying, it's really, really fucking dirty. Um, and I will, uh, I will draw the wrath of viewers and listeners. By saying uh, that uh, the only good thing Lou, Lou Reed ever did was create ostrich tuning so they could write Mind Riot. There you go. Uh, I don't like, no, I don't mind Lou Reed. I just don't like Velvet Underground. Um, but yeah, uh, Mind Riot uses ostrich tuning, which Lou Reed invented. invented yeah. And uh, beautiful song. Very pretty. Yeah. Very pretty. Very, uh, again, I can hear the Zeppelin on that. And I think that might be the last time. I- <laughs> the, the- <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, this, um, it's just unbelievable. It like, it's just the fact that their peers sounded nothing like this is is really confusing to me again that they that they were their their peers. I almost feel like I had to hear this later in life. I might have I might have liked it in my 20s, but like I don't think as a teenager I would have I don't think I would have recognized. Really? Yeah. I maybe, was, yeah. maybe if I had friends that's the other thing like if you don't have friends who are into a band and you're trying to this like forge your own way it can be and you don't have like that reinforcement like i don't think i would have liked the pixies as early as i did if i didn't have a friend who was just like no they're fucking listen sometimes listen to them again yeah yeah uh it's so funny how like how brittle or our opinions are when we're that young. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was I was raised with these albums, and I listened to this album since I was a little kid, and I obviously liked it. But as a teen, I was getting way more into, like, metal and thrash and hardcore punk, whatever the fuck. Um, and it was embarrassing to like Soundgarden because everyone's a yeah. fucking purist about whatever fucking dumb genre they're obsessed with because yeah. it was just insane. So I still love this shit, but I just wouldn't talk about it. I was like, I'm sure they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to this violence record, you know, the band violence. No one's ever fucking heard of them because they suck, <laughs> but they have one good album with like a couple dozen songs. But um, um, going back to like the purest thing, I think that also goes back to like, if I heard, I think heard someone like call this metal and like at the time I'm in the like thrash. Yeah. The thrash or phase. Death, death metal or something. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't it's not metal. metal, but then at a certain point I, I realized like, no, I'll take, I'll take heaviness over speed. Any most times, not that speed is bad. But. Right. I, I go back and forth, but, uh, so also this is, it's not exactly what I, what I talk about so much. Cause like lately, past couple of years, I'm always kind of preaching about we need more sludge with really pretty sung vocals, whether mm-hmm. it's a girl or a, or a Paul Barrow situation where it's a guy. Uh, this isn't quite that, but it does have that essence to it where it's super heavy and then this dude is fucking... Ah! Yeah. Yeah, you get... It's so funny going back to his versatility, like to throw like the King Diamond vocals or like the yeah. Judas Priest vocals on top of like the traditional Chris Cornell vocal. And that's another thing to wild. Yeah. Another, another uh, 
layer to his voice too. It's like we keep comparing him to like these old metal guys. He doesn't sound like that. Well, why does he not sound like that? He doesn't even he doesn't write vocal lines like that. It's so much better. Yeah, it's so much better because like those are kind of cheesy, and even like. Like the reason, one of the reasons why I don't like Maiden is because like the vocal lines are just so. Don't like Maiden. I don't like Maiden. Uh, we've had this discussion before. No, we, we have it. We definitely have. No. Check the archives. We for sure have. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not a big Maiden guy, but a lot of it's because of the vocals. It's like they have these really kind of predictable lines, these predictable melodies and writing style. Uh, this is a more rugged. He's not like trying to sing pretty. He still mm-hmm. has a lot of edge to his voice even if it is all high and fucking mm-hmm. you know i don't know girly or something but i don't know man this fucking album there's just not enough good things i could say about it uh it's not perfect like i said drawing flies i really wish that fucking wasn't on this album <laughs> uh and new damage you like it so I there's like it, clearly though. merit in it mm-hmm. being on the album but i do wish it ended with holy water uh but aside from that personal favorite alex's best and personal favorite uh now we're on to an even bigger album. An even bigger album. We spent like 40 minutes. This is a long episode. Holy God. Damn it. <laughs> this is going to be a big, big boy of an episode. Uh, yeah, we spent an hour gushing about this one. Time to move on to 1994's Super Unknown. <laughs> Again, great, great Matt Cameron. Dude, so good. This is more like the radio. What I thought the band was. Yep. But even then, like when the, when the bass just kicked in on this song, that's already like, oh, I mean, I mean, the whole album, you fucking feel it. You know something's coming. There's also like some funky, funky bass going yeah. on in parts of it. Oh, yeah. That is groovy as shit. Yeah. That fucking, that ride, dude. Whenever you could get a good bell, yeah. bell sound in there. Well, you know what I'm going to say. Best. I am surprised. You're surprised, huh? All, well, it is and it isn't. And then, yeah, I got some hot takes. I bet you do. This is not a perfect album. No. It's not a perfect album. But it, what it does well, it mm-hmm. does better than everyone. It does better than everyone, I think. I think that's fair because who, who, who am I to say, oh, hey, that, that record that made you super fucking Super, super famous, famous. and influential. Um... So yeah, I think that's a cool song, but then like my wave. You don't like my wave? That I fucking love my wave. Also, I'm gonna use some terms that may come across as negative, but I don't think they are. That's the most dad rock foo fighters song they've done. How dare you so far? Um, and that's kind of the vibe of the album and why How it was successful. Dare you, Alex. <laughs> I should start for picking the mic. Uh, I love my wave. I think it's so fun. It's a great follow up. It, it, it kind of keeps the pace and the, and the energy mm-hmm. or like the tempo rather than not the pace of the, of, you know, uh, let, let me drown. It's uh it's Mike's wave or the highway. It's Mike's wave or that. <laughs> uh, and the, one of the biggest songs uh, of theirs ever fell on black days is such a great track three because it's the closest thing to a ballad 
which is not a ballad at all. It's mm-hmm. still like a, a rock song, but it's darker. It's minor key. It's almost on the sad side. Of course, that song is in 6-4. It feels like an accessible fucking, not like, again, like just radio rock song. This, like, yeah. you say, this, this definitely has mainstream rock all over it. It's but it's still complicated. Yeah, it and is. This is why I have to give it best, even though I feel it's not uh, the pacing isn't as good as the last one. This uh, is a beefy boy. It's too. a big album. It's a big fucking album. Uh, Probably the, the reason pro- why I gave it is because on the last one, I'm talking so much about how they're the greatest at hiding complicated rhythms in in accessible music. Mm-hmm. Here, they it's like the, the the peak of that. These are the most complicated and, and the, the most, most accessible. accessible. Unbelievable! I don't know how they do it. I have no idea. <laughs> I will say reading reviews written about this album at the time, it's very interesting that reviewers felt like this is their most experimental album because like there's some, there's some weird cool stuff. A couple things. Yeah. But I'm like, no, it's, it is not their most. And and I don't yeah. even know if I would call them like experimental. No, it's just, they, they choose to do weird, interesting things. That's the thing with, with the word experimental. Like, I, I have a problem with the word experimental in music because it implies that it's, you experiment. Or it's not necessarily it's, like it's kind of like a blanket term for anything to, odd or yes. anything different. Like you know, like some of the stuff that I write might be considered experimental. Guess what? I'm not experimenting. I'm writing it because I like I think it. Like you know, let me try. I think mm-hmm. it, I think I like the way this sounds. It's not really experimenting to see what lands. Uh, I think the word experimental kind of has the uh, implication that you're. Imp- like you're improvising a lot of it and that you're just sort of like a band that I talk about that no one in the world has heard of. I've never met a single person aside from my brother who's heard of them. Thinking Fellers Union Local 282. No idea. If Again, if anybody's heard of them, please contact me. Be my friend. Uh, they're a band where they would literally get together in a rehearsal, hit record, improvise, and then write songs from that record. They, they pick apart things that they, they improvise and then write songs out of it. That, I feel, is experimental. Mm-hmm. This feels written it's, yes it's deliberate yeah um so i think the the title track is kind of a good title track because i like parts of it the performance is great like i can't mm-hmm. and even though i'm i'm neutral about it the performance is great I like the percussion part before the guitar solo and the guitar solo, but I don't love it. And I'm like, that's the fucking, that's the album. Okay. In a nutshell, the title track, I think is a big letdown. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the song super known is a total letdown. It's, it's like a fine song. It's a decent song. That's too long. And it's sandwiched in between two fucking bangers. Dude. Mailman is sludgy greatness. Time to meet the spoon man. I wrote for Mailman. It's like harder CCR with some weird stuff occasionally peppered in. It's pretty damn great. And then after the title track is Head Down, head which has these crazy ass, I guess they're acoustic guitars. It sounds like a, a head, detuned acoustic guitar. Head Down's one of my favorite tracks on here. It's great. I, it, yeah, it's uh, it's like if the Beatles did heavy stuff. That's a good, that's a good or a good comparison. Chris really reins it in. He's full mm. falsetto. He's not doing his head voice scream thing. Uh, it sounds great, and it's like the acoustic guitars in there. They're so fucking tasteful. It's not, it's not relying on the acoustic guitar. It's just they're just in there. Mm-hmm. It's just really well produced. Um, 
And I, I, I think this is another album where if you were to just isolate the sounds in the background, there would be a lot to unpack. Uh, oh, for sure. I would agree with that. Like, also, it's kind of... On on songs like Black Hole Sun, I'm always like, oh, what do you fucking say about that song? That It's very famous. It's very famous. It's very famous I've heard song. it a million times. So uh, as, you know, if you like rock music, but... It's one of my favorite... It was one of my first favorite songs as a kid. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but... So what I had to do is like really listen to it. It's cheesy as shit, but to sit there with headphones and yeah. my eyes closed, and it's just produced so well. Those tones, yeah. unbelievable. The the choice to use like his like screaming backup vocals. Yeah, and search, it's so it's so effective. It's a brilliant song to, that just got overplayed to yeah. uh, piss off John Bowers and be uh, a hypocrite. There's a reason it's a hit. Oh, that our buddy John Bowers makes fun of that. We say that and that we also hate hits. <laughs> <laughs> we're big old hypocrites, dude. We're not fucking experts. We're idiots <laughs> in my bedroom. Uh, Spoon man. So another giant hit. Once all, again, seven, four, all this time, all these years, uh, the thing I said earlier was from Eastbound and Down about the Spoon Man. When he got traded to the Seattle team, he said, he said, I was so popular in Seattle. The Spoon Man came to my. That's pretty funny. That's yeah. Pretty funny. Um, and it, like, I've been using Spoon Man as a joke for years, mm-hmm. but I'm a Spoon Man guy. Spoon Man guy. I really like it. It's a great song. Those spoons are really cool. It's rhythmically very awesome. It's like great. How many heavy bands can say we recorded a song that's like funky, not in a cheesy way, and it's got spoons on it. Got spoons. And this, I think it was at that track that I really kind of noted that I think this album is more complex than Bad Motorfinger. It's just you just don't notice it because mm-hmm. it's so accessible, which is, again, it's like a weird thing that also, it's a lot to take in. So it's like, a big album. Yeah. It's really, it's really long. But I think Limo Rex an underrated. Limo song. Rex is fucking amazing. Really fun. It, I think it rivals Slaves and Bulldozers, Bulldozers in, in that category of like sludgy, fucking angry. I'm gonna, list, I'm gonna like listen to them back to back with that context. So. By the way, yeah, I just made the, the comment how about about how this album is probably more complex. Mm-hmm. Time signature of, of uh, Limo Rex fifteen eight. What the fuck? You can double check that. But no, I, ca- I believe you. I counted 15 I'm not, not going to. I believe you. Uh, just sitting there with D&D dice. Yeah. <laughs> that's our time signature. But it doesn't sound crazy. No. It's like, fuck, man. Um, we're just going track by track. But like, uh, if I'm going to talk about weak stuff, kickstand, dude. Kickstand's really i wrote that it was unnecessary it's two the f- yeah it's two minutes it's just straightforward rock and roll like no if i want like upbeat soundgarden i got fucking rusty cage yeah. like, like how how that forgettable ass song made it onto this almost perfect album for, for me anyway i, 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 I have no idea i read it. that they just didn't want to cut anything they just didn't want to get into it so that kind of led to it really they're just like fuck it Every, everything's going on that's a bad choice for albums it's not good but for this flow. is like their most <laughs> it's a it's a fucking great album yeah. i love it it's, it's amazing album, but it's it's not perfect and i think it would have been perfect if they would have cut kickstand the title track sadly uh and okay so one thing about one quick thing about fresh tendrils 
It's not the strongest, strongest song. No. But the fact that it comes after Kickstand makes it a lot better. <laughs> it makes it a lot better. Uh, and I, I was complaining last album about how the album ends with New Damage instead of Holy Water. Mm-hmm. This album should have ended with Fourth of July. Whoa. That is a perfect song. Fourth of July, I am... Mark my fucking words, people. That is a perfect song. I also think that's a perfect song. So let me talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I like how it's a song about LSD, and most bands would go psychedelic. They said, no, let's go doom metal. Yep. Not like full-blown doom no but but that main riff is pretty fucking doom it's oh it's a beaut it's a beaut it's beautiful not not in a traditional sense like to me personally it's it's dark it's cathartic as fuck man it's so powerful uh i think that song did uh almost better uh it it does what bad motorfinger did the entire album almost better than that whole album that one song just condensed it all into this like all right here's four minutes of fucking perfection yeah and i should have fucking ended the album it's the best song on the album for me i don't and, and then it's not that so the remaining songs are bad yeah it's just that they don't have that impact that that song does so yeah i mean agreed but also depending on what version like where you are in the world i guess it has a different ending track um but because of streaming, I guess everyone has the same ending track. But sort of, there's so, different versions of even streaming. Yeah, so like I, I wouldn't be angry at like suicide ending oh, the like, album. Yeah, like I suicide. Think, yeah, I think it's a, a fine. It's a good song. Also, am I wrong that it reminds me of Spinal Tap's Big Bottoms? Yes, I'm confused. Why do you feel that way? <laughs> let me let me get a little. Oh right, the drums in the beginning, like the right? Way, yeah. Talk about mud flaps, my girl's got them. Big bottom, big bottom. (laughs) And then, um, I'm gonna jump. This is a fucking great intro, man. This, This riff is actually really good. I'm gonna jump forward a little bit okay. because the um the grunge genre known for the yarls we talked about oh <laughs> i know what you're talking about he <laughs> already knows i got it queued up when you're it's a parody of someone yardling he's not saying words okay so much oh that's fucking i forgot about that that's hilarious again i'm glad i could like bring these little nuggets forward for you and uh, (laughs) so i wouldn't be mad at that and then yeah i think she likes surprises so okay i I appreciate the weirdness of it but it blows it it doesn't belong uh okay so this is i think she likes surprises was the bonus track on like later issues i Mm -hmm. I think when it was originally released it ended at like suicide yes it was not in the american version and most even streaming if you look up just this album it will end at uh, like suicide yes uh, which is like it's a good song i think it's too long 
and it doesn't have like the the same kind of like I said the weight is like a Fourth of July. Um, Why are you talking shit about their best sell? <laughs> Just it's not perfect, man. It's still good though. She likes surprises though, which is on like a lot of versions. It is such a fucking awful, awful closer and not a great song. I'm so baffled by its inclusion at all. Also reminds me of like if the Beatles played heavy music, but not as effective as Head Down. Oh wait, you mean she likes surprises? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Kind of Beatlesy. Yeah, even yeah. even like that song title. Yeah, it's very. That's actually a very Beatles sounding song. Uh, song title. And do, is there anything? I think we did a track by track not, right now because we didn't mention the day I tried to live, which is fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah, phenomenal, yeah. great song. Uh, and half. Which I don't think is like it. It's not. I mean, I have to mention it because it's the most experimental thing they've done. It's more like quote-unquote experimental an interlude though it's more of an interlude it's it's kind of it's a lot it's like two minutes but it's also i dig it it's cool it's cool it's kind of unnecessary and oddly long for like like saying it's like an interlude but it's like two minutes like more than two minutes that's Mm -hmm. long for an interlude yeah it's a song at that point uh but it has like cool it has like a world music vibe to it a lot of odd instruments and uh chris i think it's chris doing i don't know what he's doing but it sounds funny uh, it doesn't sound as, bad, but it sounds like he's not as funny as that Yarl. Nothing will ever be as funny as that Yarl. <laughs> uh, but this album, I think it's like it's just the perfect entry point because, again, it's so digestible, it's so accessible, but it is fucking intricate and it is so complicated. But you do not pick it up at all. Uh, it's, it's it's kind of genius. Like the, I don't know how someone can write an album like this where it's mm-hmm. this complex, and Matt Cameron doing his fucking thing all over the all place. Over, all over the place. It's just so impressive. It's so funny. I feel like there's two sound gardens, and depending on who you are as a person, the entry point is this album, or it's uh, Bad Motor Finger. And as much as I like but, Bad Motor Finger more, but a hundred percent more more people, this is the, the yeah. Entry point. That's that's the thing. Like as much as I like Bad Motor Finger more, I think in terms of perfecting a style and making it uh, the the best representation of what they can do, mm-hmm. it's got to be this one. I, I I think this this is a truly remarkable album. Well, yeah, most people do. So yeah, I'm in the minority here. Hey man, it's still my personal favorite Bad Motor Finger. All right, I know. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm yeah, you're goddamn same. right. I'm the same. And I know. Maybe I'm a weirdo, but uh, you hear that? Alex I is think, a weirdo. I think the length is it is absurdly long. Honestly, like if they cut those few weak tracks, it would be shorter. It would be almost flawless. Mm-hmm. Like uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. What's done, done. Uh, best for me and much of the world, I guess. Uh, but now we are on. To the the last album before they broke up the first time. This is 1996's Down on the Upside. This song fucking rips. I like, I was on board with this song. Not this song. How fucking dare you? This song is the best. But right, like, I was on board to a point. I love this song. And then at a point, I was like, it's good enough. Oh, that riff. 
know, maybe with time I'll be like, man, pretty news. But I just... How is this not the catchiest thing? How is this not a fucking phenomenal riff? I don't know. I just... I, I was like, it's good. I wasn't like... Fury rage is building. I might even build more. I will say one of the stronger songs. Uh, I would say this is my favorite song now. You're crazy. There's a song that's better. How dare you? <laughs> We're gonna come to blows. I will agree. This does sound like a continuum. It's the. This song, not the album, this song is the logical... It's a natural progression of yes. the last album. Yes. Yeah. Those backup vocals are really fucking good. just want to hit, hear that, that one come in. <laughs> oh, it's so good how it fucking comes in. Uh, yeah. Okay. Might come to blows. Worst, least favorite. Least favorite. This yeah. is such a letdown. It's weird to call yeah. it a letdown because they've provided they've provided the world with so they much. Really, like you're due. Yeah. You do one. You do one bad record. But when your bad record comes right after your biggest record, your best in my opinion. Yeah. Or yeah. That's okay. This. I don't think it's a bad record. And I, I don't, think it is. A lot of people really I, I don't think, think it's a bad record. People a lot of people stand by this record. A lot of people. I don't think it even it comes even fucking hair close to really anything before mm-hmm. this. It's my least favorite for a fucking reason. The reason why I didn't give it worse is because it still has a ton of good songs, I think. Like not sound soundgarden caliber good. Sure. Just Good. Yeah. I think Pretty News is Soundgarden caliber. Mm-hmm. The rest are just fine or bad. Fine or bad. So this is uh, Cornell and Kim started arguing. Cornell wanted to get away from the hard rock. Uh, hence his solo career. Yes. Kim <laughs> said no. Uh, most of the music written on this is by Cornell and Shepard. That seems uh, all right. It's the re- starting to make sense. Yeah, the reason I gave it worst least favorite, it's it's not that it's it's bad, but it goes to the <laughs> argument I make that sometimes being boring is, is the, the most worst. most offensive thing you can do, right. and I think this is real fucking boring. It's the most boring album for sure. It's or boring record, like zero chance. This you don't like zero chance? It's the it's the first time I wrote I hate I hate this song. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, zero chance. I I like it. I think it's yeah. a good song. I don't think it should be fucking track three though. I didn't hate any of the. There were some I didn't feel strongly about. You, don't, you didn't I, hate I, Rhinosaur? I hate Rhinosaur. <laughs> I think that's how fucking blows. That's the most disappointing song ever. You're. It's lo- the most disappointing. Yeah, it's a big two two cool things. So, a rhino and a dinosaur and you made them into one word no you made them into one bad song it's like the biggest letdown coming off pretty news which pumps you up for this big energetic album and then in this mid-paced more generic kind of thing comes right after uh i like zero chance but it's just it's super slow it's super mellow it should be track fucking three on an album that you kind of introduced with this energetic 
mm-hmm. really fucking cool rock song. Um, and a song like Dusty, for example, which I don't I, like. I felt like that was exhausting. And that's where they get the title of the album from. Yeah, it's it's practically the, the title track. Yeah. Um, Matt sounds incredible on there, as he does always. I still think I he's kind of neutered on there. I, I mean, they never sound bad. No, he never sounds bad. Yeah. But he, uh, there is where I kind of had to take note. Like, he's still doing cool shit. It's just the songs themselves have... There's no... Uh, the structures are really... The, basic for Soundgarden standards. Mm-hmm. They're not basic. They're still doing cool transitions and cool uh, arrangements. It's just the writing is significantly weaker and everything overall is, is way less interesting. Brings me to my next point, why this is not great. The production is the most bland, boring, uh, straightforward sounding record that, that they've ever done. See, they fucked up. They got too big for their shoes. They produced it themselves. Did they now? Because you know what it sounds like? They produced it themselves. It sounds like every every instrument is recorded, and then they put out the record. There's no cool effects. There's no fucking little soundscapes. There's no crazy weird overdubs. All of that cool shit on mm-hmm. the past two albums has been replaced by one acoustic guitar. Yes. It's on every fucking song, pretty much. I think that also has to do with them saying they wanted to capture like a live... I, I don't know why bands do this when they're like, oh, we want we want to like capture like a live album. I know why feel. And then so well and then so I think that's why you get a more minimalist. There's something wrong with minimalism and I reason why no, I say I, I get no. reason why I say I get that is because um because like obviously Steve Albini is a huge proponent of that, mm-hmm. that kind of mentality is like make it sound as live as possible. By live, it's not necessarily make it sound like you're on stage. It's more like what is the band? I think yeah, I think like more exposed, more raw. More of what they actually are, yeah. how they write together, how they perform together. So with a um so for example when I recorded I keep referencing this fucking album that I did because it's everywhere but it keeps coming up when and he told you the plugs were over people dude no I don't I, I'm not I'm actually not that proud of the album I'm this like, busting I know, chops I know, I know. tonight I'm this busting giving I, you a hard time I actually don't really care for the, the record and one of the reasons is because of that it doesn't feel like the band it doesn't feel like, mm-hmm. a, like a live album because what happened was when I recorded it uh I did I took a different approach it uh I recorded every instrument except for the drums and I started doing in double track. I started adding guitars to it. I started adding instruments, all things that were never a part of the songs because sure. we just performed, we just performed and rehearsed the way it was. So when I added all these things to make it sound beefier and bigger, it took, it didn't even sound like the same band. Mm-hmm. So it's a fine record, but like it doesn't, it's not what, what we played. So that's why I think bands try to really go for that live feel like this is who we are. Yeah. It's make it sound like that. And if this is who Soundgarden was, they were a bad band. That's <laughs> not true. That's not true. But it does sound way less interesting. Mm-hmm. Um Ty Cobb. Oh. What the fuck is going and not in a good way. I love it. You don't like Ty Cobb? No. It's fucking no. awesome. I it's appreciate it. fucking F word fest. It's the best. It has this little tiny little fucking ukulele. I, I, I think it's a ukulele. I appreciate the effort to be weird, but it's fast and hooky as shit. It's, it's dumb, but I think it's very fun. I think it's very fun. And then you got blow up the outside world, which I liked at first. Why don't you like it now? Cause it's too fucking long. It's long, but it's cool. I don't like. I'm like this starts off cool, but it doesn't. It doesn't maintain it 
for me. It loses me. I think it's beautiful. I do agree that it's too long, but I really appreciate. I, that, I, I really think, appreciate. We go ahead. Oh, I think it's like a fan favorite, though. It, so, yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, Chris sounds fucking phenomenal. There, he really. It's so subdued. He sounds fucking sad and alone and hopeless, which is a very eerie thing when you think about it, how he died. Because uh, that song really translates a lot of that fucking hopelessness. I, oh, I yeah. love the way it's, I uh, love that song. I love the way it sounds on there. Uh, also, Burden in My Hand. I think it's fun. I love the acoustic guitars on there, even though they're on every song. I didn't uh, write anything bad about the song. So. I think it's, it's great. It's fun. It's whaley and, uh, uh, you know, kind of fun. Uh, Apple bite. I uh, like it. Tell me you like it again. I, I'm like, okay, uh-huh. I'm in. How are you going to hurt me this time? How did it hurt you? This being boring and not offering much. It's the strangest song on the album, which is why I like it. It does. It's not the most eventful thing. Mm-hmm. It is fucking. It has like a really good stalker vibe to it. Where he does feel like that creepy and kind of crawly. Uh, and then I think the best song. Okay, what do you think the best song? My fi- like, I think the only song I threw on the playlist is the "Never the Machine Forever." Are you serious? I like it. I and I'm like, why okay. do I like it? It's the only song written by Kim. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. So I like it too, but. This is so funny. This is funny. Because this song, for me, I wrote a whole bunch of shit on this song. Damn. Because it exemplifies the polar opposite of what I think Soundgarden is amazing at, which is, take a mm. guess, making complicated things yeah, sound. Yeah, like said before. This, this, this takes a very... Uh, it, first of all, it's the riff itself sounds like a, like a generic punk riff to me, mm-hmm. but it also reads as an odd time signature. Yeah. Like you hear it. Like, this is obviously an odd time signature. Like actually put on, put on the song within a sec, within seconds, you know, it's odd. Don't got to tell me twice. I don't know. This is feels, it feels good. It feels real good. Feels like, I guess Soundgarden isn't one thing, but it no. feels like the Soundgarden I like. It's dirty. It's very. It's definitely like one of the heaviest, if not the heaviest, song on the album. Uh, it's like I said, it's a good song, but that main riff it feels like a watered down Soundgarden riff, but you know that it's complicated mm-hmm. instead of it being kind of like disguised as this really you know nuanced, accessible thing. Uh, I still like it, like I said, but. It it did strike me as like oh they're not really themselves yeah this whole album really you really feel like they are not themselves yeah fighting fighting will do that um another one I do feel like the songs at the end work a little better for me really I felt the opposite Dude, I hate all the songs toward the end it's crazy how we both gave it uh least favorite but feel totally different Completely ways different yeah about it <laughs> um so like tighter and tighter is pretty bluesy i like tighter and tighter yeah but yeah i i just think it's one of the better songs it is it's objectively good but i think it's the reason why i i kind of put it in a negative tone in my head uh at this point in the album it's like the millionth regular rock song on the album so many regular rock songs and it's such a long album it's like another hour and change or you know whatever it's like like the last one uh, and then i kind of didn't do my job i but I'm going to come back to Overfloater. I think that's pretty 
pretty cool. I, I don't care for it too much. It's fine. It, yeah. More, yeah. It, it might be a song I feel differently about like a few months from Honestly, now. I feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, but this time around, I was just kind of like worn out from the rest of the album. It's sure. So much. So fucking like where every song kind of kept you guessing mm-hmm. from their entire discography. Like every record sort of was different and every song within each record was different. This is like one record of mostly the same kind of song. This did. This did beat me down mm-hmm. a little bit and i'll elaborate on the next album but uh yeah i don't know if you have anything else to say but then they they broke up they did break up in 97 mm-hmm. um but most of the members i'm sorry i didn't write one of them down but yeah like Chris Cornell would do Audio Slave. Matt Cameron would join Pearl Jam, and Kim would keep being weird and doing shit like working with Boris and Son. Yeah. Dude, I love Kim. I love Kim. That, oh, that album, that album's rad because it doesn't sound like a Boris album, and it sure as fuck doesn't sound like a Son album. I don't like. I won't listen to Son. Really? Because I've heard d- differing things. I've heard some people. That could really stand by like a couple of records. No, not that it's sludgy. It's just fucking like I, I could play a fucking Sun album. It's just fucking. And I saw them live and they take they drink some wine and that's, that's hilarious. That's pretty funny. And you feel like you're going to shit yourself because it's so like fucking bassy. And mm. um, but yeah, so they would keep working on bands yeah. and i think that's fucking cool that's so funny to me and really refreshing that you know chris cornell obviously became even bigger he just went on to be just be the you know rock mm. god guy matt cameron joins another massive band kim thyle she's like i'm sticking with my shit yes. my shit is heavy music heavy under the radar shit that doesn't get famous that's what I'm sticking with. I love him. It's it's great. It's great. Also, one one little quick thing that I probably should have mentioned in the very beginning of the episode that I forgot about. When Sungun first started, according to Kim, he's like, "Yeah, we were that. We were the Asian band." Cause oh, because well, him, it was him, uh, Hero, uh, yeah, who's Japanese, and he, uh, Kim, is Indian, uh, and Chris on drums. Like, yeah, like that's that was pretty uncommon back then. And like, that's that's a weird thing to think about. Like, Soundgarden is like, yeah, they were pretty culturally diverse interesting interesting yeah that's like a little like like interesting side note in their their career i feel like another another segue from uh two live crew to soundgarden we're doing the down low popular asian bands yeah that's right fresh kid ice <laughs> shout out goddamn r.i.p r.i.p uh but yeah this is this didn't land well with alex and i which is surprising because how much i love this band and how much people like this album but nah for nah nah for us for apparently uh, so they would reunite sure would in 2010 which would lead us to 2012's king animal I'm not even going to wait for it to develop. I'm just going to say this song is a little too on the nose. It's a little on the nose. It's called Been Away Too Long. <laughs> you know? Very self-explanatory. I don't think it's a bad song, though. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not a classic, but it's, it does the work. It does the job. That's kind of this whole album. You can walk a million miles and get nowhere. 
So Chris has definitely aged. You can hear yes. his voice age. It still sounds pretty fucking cool. He's, yeah. What a very end, man. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if he got like, was he in his fifties? Yeah, I'm sure if he lived a long life and got to his sixties, I'm sure he would still sound awesome, different, but awesome probably. Like. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. We got enough of that. So, so I was so like beaten down by the last album. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go directly into this. I'm like, let me wean my way into this. Okay. I've, I've, I see they've recorded some songs before this album that didn't make it on the album. And those three songs are black rain birth ritual and live, live to rise. Uh, Black Rain, I wasn't expecting that. It's like a return to form. Really? I don't think I heard it. It made me excited, but really? I'm like, that's one song. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hurt. And then I listen to Birth Ritual. Holy shit. Really? I, fuck, I didn't know about these songs. I'm mad. I didn't get to listen to them. One of their heaviest songs for no reason. Well, I know what I'm doing right when you leave. Uh, yeah, is, yeah, for no reason. That song fucking slaps. And so now I'm officially like excited for yeah. this album. Live to Rise. Yeah. Right. But you know, you can forgive if two out of three is, is Also, good. that song was on the fucking Avengers soundtrack. Again, Whoa. much like my feelings for Super Unknown. It's on one of the biggest fucking movies ever. Yeah. What am I going to? Uh, yeah. Um. So then I got excited. I should have tampered it. It's nothing to write home about, but it's not boring. I think it's a good album. I think it's. I I'm glad that they they at least had this as the last album instead of turning upside. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I this is a nice little like epilogue in terms of reunion albums this is like better than like i mean most reunion reunion albums are bad it's cliche but like this is like better than like best case scenario it's like yeah not not everyone's gonna get a fucking tribe called quest no no that's that's an anomaly yeah this is like mostly best case scenario Mm -hmm. um and there are some really fucking great songs in there like like the first half of the album alone it's like really good uh First song I like really liked on here, uh, a thousand days before. Good song. I think that is a, it's a great song. Like holds up with in the the legacy. Of I think Bones of Birds holds up with the legacy as well. That song fucking got me, dude. Yeah, that it's got me. It's weird. They don't really write triumphant music or traditionally like yeah. But that is like there's something like yeah victorious it, it has that song it definitely has layers to it. it it's it gives you the impression it's this really moody dark thing not unlike a fourth of july kind of mm-hmm. kind of vibe and then it gets triumphant it gets fucking not happy but it does feel like you're overcoming something mm-hmm. as the song goes on really interesting rhythms too um and the the biggest takeaway i got from this that made me the most happy is the production is back to being cool and interesting like the others, it's all kinds of shit in the background. All kinds of things are happening. Weird weirdness all around. That's never in your face. It's always just kind of. It's there if you pay attention to it, mm-hmm. and it's not going to distract you if you're not paying attention to it. Yeah, um, I guess. Let me. Like Antari, there's like these twangy 
guitar parts that are yeah. pretty cool. Again, it's like nothing to write home about, but it's you're like, oh, that's that's interesting. Um, I don't know how I feel about Black Saturday. Oh, I like it. It's almost like they took a, a Soundgarden ballad and smashed it together with the weird aspects of King Crimson. And not that it's like clunky in the transition or anything mm. like it works. But also I'm like, hmm, I almost want them to be separate songs. Uh, that song, I think it would, it sounds like it would fit in on down on the upside, mm-hmm. except it's just better. I think it's just, Oh yeah. Written much I would better. agree with that, but it has that vibe to it. The, you know, heavy on the acoustic guitar is more of like an accessible standard radio kind of mm-hmm. rock song, uh, or ballad. I don't even know what you would call it. It's, it's pretty mellow. Um, so one, one thing about this album, and I, I got, I, it always bothers me with, with, when I, when I noticed this on albums, like even though there's a ton of, I think a good songs on here and really strong riffs, I don't think a single song, well, aside from a couple exceptions, almost every song is never good all the way through. Every song at least has one bum riff. Mm-hmm. Every song, like, or, like I said, most songs have at least one bum riff that kind of drags it down. One example where is it? Where is it? Where is it? As long as uh, you don't say eyelids mouth. I no. I okay. like that. I like that song. Okay, good. It's a. Uh, I can't read it. Worst dreams. Worst dreams. Dude, that yeah. main riff is fucking great. That chorus blows. I only like the noisy outro part really? of that song. Yeah, I think that main riff is real good. But it's like the chorus doesn't even sound like it was made for the same song. It's just this disjointed, completely different in vibe, and mm-hmm. it's just. It just feels kind of like like it was Frankenstein together more than it was written. Um, you mentioned uh, Eyelid's Mouth. It is weird. I feel like that song would rub most people the wrong way. Like if, uh, if someone, if like a lay person was going to hear this album, they would mm-hmm. find that one to not like. I like Interesting. it. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, to me, the second strongest track, and it may be polarizing, I really like rowing. Oh, dude, I called I called it Sons of Anarchy rock and roll because you could put it you could put it in an episode of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, but it's it's weird. Baseline, dude. Yeah, I wish they did a little bit more like pushing with different different sounds. And I know people didn't like that new Jane's addiction one, but I felt like they were playing with some some new sounds. So once again, another reason this in this one is so much better than the last one, I think. They are still fucking with new styles. Yeah. That rowing is unlike anything that they've done before. Mm-hmm. It's it's all oriented around this insane baseline that's it sounds like he's tapping i can't tell but he's doing a lot of uh hammer like a lot of hammer-ons yeah uh with a fuzz bass fuzz doing hammer-ons and and like tapping that's fucking very cool and weird already you know but what it's I- also this bluesy sleazy sons of anarchy uh vibe through the, throughout the rest of it so yeah. it's like it's based around this complicated as shit but somehow it feels bluesy you know what i wasn't expecting to come to the conclusion here and i didn't write it down. I just realized it. I think we could agree that's the best closer. It's the best closer. It's the Absolutely. best closer. I wrote that. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best closer in their whole catalog. 
guys. We did it, guys. We did it. We came together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I love it. But also, I what also I love, and again, it's another in the same, uh, the same thought of mine of them fucking with different styles. Halfway there. Sounds more like an early Radiohead song than anything Soundgarden ever did, but I still think it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a an acoustic watered down creep kind of thing. I love it. Interesting that you went went with creep. Well, I just think of early radio. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. I don't really like. Creep I guess as a song I that guess much. better than early radio. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge creep guy. I'm not a huge fan of early Radiohead in general, but I will fight anyone who doesn't like uh oh he i don't even, even know what it's called fit. yeah i don't even know what it's he's called. gonna fight over a girl what? he's never even met yeah what's that what's that? street spirits <laughs> something with spirits <laughs> i just not came out when i fucking laughed right now yeah street spirit street spirit solid okay solid like probably the best radiohead song off the first two albums oh, okay oh even the song okay 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 also check out the version the darkness did because oh, they just God. turned it into an Iron Maiden song. That's all they can do. That's all they, they, they're fucking awful. They're talentless. They can't do shit. That guy just, yeah. Okay, Cedric, two. We're going to fuck that guy. Sorry. I don't know why I'm so angry at the darkness. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the darkness on a Patreon episode. <laughs> okay. Because okay. this is, yeah, we're, we're. This is a, a lengthy, lengthy episode. Uh, it's such a bummer because they were working on music 2015, yeah. 2016, and then um, Cornell would commit suicide. Broke my fucking heart. I'm still like, not really. Oh, I can hear it in your voice. It sucks. I can I, hear it in your yeah. voice. Um, Kim said he would like to finish the album, but for some reason, the vocal tracks are yeah being withheld i saw, I saw that in an interview as i well. don't know yeah. what the details are i yeah i'm like oh man i don't i feel pretty good about i don't know if i want to get into the nitty-gritty right now yeah i don't know who has the rights to them or who's holding them i don't think it's his wife because she, you know they did like a big like uh show at the forum for him with mm. you know all these cool like Grung. and then Miley Cyrus for some fucking reason, dude. I don't, I don't, sh- I respect the shit out of Miley. I, I don't think she doesn't know her shit. Yeah. I don't think that she's not qualified. I don't think that she's a bad vocalist. I know that she, she's into good. I, like, listen, I get that. Yeah, to put her on the same stage as the people who were who came up with Soundgarden oh. is a fucking travesty. She's I, a, she was a not born. She was not born. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> fucking traitor. You're a traitor. How are you supposed to get new kids into cool shit? I don't like kids. I, you're right. You, also, I'm not the right person to comment on this. Also, uh, on a side, like, uh, two minutes to late night, they covered Wrecking Ball with the Royal Thunder singer, and I fucking loved it, and mm. I realized it really isn't that far off from the original, so Wrecking Ball's is a good fucking song. Uh, I'll play it for you. After you this. have to. I forget. We're gonna listen to s- fucking uh, smokestack lightning and then wrecking ball. Wrecking ball. Jesus Christ. Uh, what was I gonna fucking say? Uh, shit. Was it about? Oh yeah, Royal Thunder. You brought them up. Uh, never mind. It's just, it's irrelevant. I'm just gonna start talking about Royal Thunder. Yeah. Now. What the fuck are we doing? Um, <laughs> yeah, this is about Soundgarden. I guess we're wrapping it up. Yeah. So a little bit more about the the whole 
hor- horrible sadness of like the most one of the most unexpected suicides. Mm-hmm. He's old. It, it was yeah, and like oh, like Soundgarden, the band is back together. They seem to be happy. Um, his wife is like he loved his kids so much. Um, but I'm like I. I don't think depression works like that. Does not. But also, there is a lot of speculation that it was the the benzos he was on. Yeah, at, and there was out of van. There was a lot of cases of people just really like like getting suicidal when taking too much of it, like things that that were not characteristic of them. Interesting. Suddenly, yeah, and that's that's literally the game you're playing when you're fucking with your brain. Yeah, I mean. I don't I've been on that and I didn't have a good time with it but not not to that extreme. Yeah, I mean I'm assuming it wasn't just like the first time he did it and he just killed himself. I'm assuming Oh no, if he if he's been if he was prescribed Ativan, that means already bad. That means Prozac wasn't fucking working. Yeah. So, it seems fishy. It seems fishy and it, it just seems unlikely. A man who's 52 who who's not I mean it's not unheard of obviously but like no, it just it, seems strangely unlikely it was a, it was a completely blindsiding thing i really just think it's kind of like robin williams where i just think well he is he was, was a different story his he was literally uh he had a degenerative thing i forgot what it was yeah he was literally losing parts of his brain i guess he was depressed over that i guess what i'm trying to get at though is i think when you live with something like that for so long you get really good at putting on a face you sure do you sure do and people like it's it's physically and emotionally exhausting and um yeah i mean i can i can understand why it's just out of nowhere yeah that's one thing that i i've been hearing more lately too uh the the whole thing where right before the suicide the person seems super happy and like you know it's all kinds of clarity it's because they decided that they were going to kill themselves it happened with like jackass I, Sid vicious it happened with fucking i think dead from mayhem mm-hmm. and even he was like last time people saw him he was super happy and then you know fucking immediately dead after that i guess someone, it wasn't like that with him though with chris yeah i guess even someone who is a little younger uh the lincoln park singer that's right who was a friend of his yeah Wait, which one? Which one was first? Was Chris first? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm an adult. Yeah, that's right. Chris was first, and then that dude was super depressed. I'm sure this was. And a, yeah, it was like the same thing. Where, um, like, I don't think they're wrong for saying it, but like his wife is like, like he loved his kids. So. Actually, of course, of course. Yeah, the, like, um, I think suicide is very misunderstood. I think that people who do it's not like a greedy choice or that they they don't want to be there for their family anybody who says it's a selfish thing is a narcissist it's well like anybody, I think like that, anybody who says that about someone who like you know what had nothing to do with you right you know i had nothing that them killing themselves has nothing to do with you i think that's like, because there's the the stigma yeah chester happened the following year following year yeah fuck um I this thing that has more to do with like the stigma around it and things people have said. And so it's kind of hard to, to separate, to separate it. It's yeah. It's a, 
really weird thing. Like it's the most un. If you want to think about evolutionary terms, it's got to be the most unnatural thing in nature to kill yourself, dude. Um, I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Hillary, about like how stupid our fucking brains are, and it's like got to be one of the worst like evolutionary traits in any fucking species like and then to like retrain or like if you've been through it and then to like retrain your brain to (laughs) do things like mindfulness or positive reinforcement it's it's so stupid like on paper obviously these are things you don't have control over right right Oh, if I had a nickel for every time we went off on mental health tangents. Dude, it's, Im- <laughs> and it's fucking relevant as shit here, dude. Yeah. God knows I was depressed as fuck after I found that he died. Man, like for real, like two years before I was able to even listen to a single Soundgarden song. And like, I don't get affected by celebrity deaths. I don't give a fuck about anyone, really. I'm a pretty selfish, dude. But like, that's like such a, a fucking close tied thing to my childhood mm. where like all I did was listen to Soundgarden. I loved Chris. I loved his voice. Loved his face. Loved everything about him. He's great. I, it's like, yeah, it's just a I don't know if because I'm probably more emotionally well adjusted, but, and I said it on the Charles Bradley one, Kobe fucked me. Kobe, Kobe fucked, fucked me up. Kobe was in the fucked you up? Yeah. Kobe fucked me up. Kobe fucked you up. Chris Cornell fucked me up. Uh, God damn it. And you know what? I look like him and you look like Kobe. It's just, it's just natural. <laughs> just a thing we can't two help. Pe- two peas in a pod. Two peas in a pod. Yeah. Real, real good at basketball and jumping high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, I think Kim said he was going to keep like releasing more stuff, you know, live stuff, mm-hmm. you know, unreleased. And he's said he want if he ever gets those I mean, yeah, tracks, he can he'll he wants to make the album. It's going to happen. It's going to happen one day. Yeah. It's just when. Yeah, and if they do, we will have a loose ends episode on that 100 fucking percent. I hope it didn't suck. Imagine it sucks. I mean, it might upset. it might suck. We've we've covered some albums that were finished you know posthumously yeah yeah either way who gives a shit it's i'm sure it's, it's more it's yeah. more new end of the end of the day it's like closing a chapter that's important yeah. that's important but okay one of the the beefiest episodes we've done in a while uh, but recap best personal favorite bad motor finger worst least favorite down on the upside you got a very snappy short two i have a very lengthy yes. four uh worst Screaming Life and Fop, it's just the worst. It's not that I don't like it. I still like it. Uh, it's mostly Fop's fault. It is mostly Fop's fault. It's entirely Fop's <laughs> fault, actually. Uh, personal favorite, Bad Motorfinger. Fucking flawless. Best, super unknown. It's almost flawless, but a better entry point, I feel like. And least favorite, down on the upside. Well, three in a row. Uh, that one let me down. But thank you so much for listening and watching to this very long and very... Uh, passionate episode. Please support by subscribing on youtube.com slash every album ever, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places. Leave five star ratings, reviews, tell a friend, do anything you can to help us. Please, for love of God, we need help. <laughs> dude, I swear, dude, today I got slapped with a $760 oh, yeah. mechanic bill for my car, which I can already barely afford. So please share. Uh, <laughs> Instagram, Pope Jesse Ventura for all show updates and Alex 
at Mother Puncture. Uh, if you want to join the Patreon, you can uh, pledge at patreon.com slash every album ever. You know, bonus episodes, early access to certain episodes, uh, discounts on merch, uh, and, you know, jumping the line if you want to request an artist. What else am I forgetting? Fucking, yeah, merch, you know, link in the description, everyalbumever.com, Spotify playlist, link in the description as well. Uh, you know, everyalbumever.com for all good stuff. Okay. So obviously, I no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I would lunge at you. But based on my gushing, I wonder if you can guess which song I'm going to pick. I did. I did. No, I, believe, I can't. No, I believe I, can't. I said it was a perfect song. Oh, Fourth of July. Naz, we're going to end it on. Thank you so much for listening and watching, everybody. See ya.
soldier.